it's six minutes after the hour. Good afternoon. This is the Around the House program, uh, and we're glad you're with us here. Thanks for sharing your weekend and your Saturday with us on the program. We'll be here a couple hours talking about that special place that you and I call home. We are uh, on the air, and we'd love to hear from you today. And it's easy, it's easy to do that. Just give us a call at 719-473-1240. Easy number to remember, 1240 is the AM dial for KRDO. Anyway, we're glad you're with us. Give us a holler, and we have a live email at aroundthehouse.com. I want to talk about the gas stove debacle. We we were just talking off the air about it that came up this week. I, we'll have a little fun with that. And whatever else is on your mind, we've got some, a lot of good email uh, to that came in this week to go through. The NFL playoffs are uh, underway this weekend, the wild card weekend, so... We'll see how that goes. My San Francisco 49ers are playing this afternoon. Their quarterback is a, a friend of my grandson in Phoenix, and uh, they they played high school football together. So we're rooting for Brock, Hurdy and the, Brock Purdy and the 49ers this afternoon. At least I am, anyway. I don't know about the rest of you, but anyway, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. Uh, here's a little cute little piece sent to me by <clears throat> my buddy Dave, who's – Sent me a, over the years a few items to use here on the on the air. The title of this is called Squirrel Trouble. Okay, you got to here's the premise. You know, you got to like Johnny Carson said, you got to believe the premise before you you know before you can laugh at the bit. So you got here's the premise: five, little town, five houses of religion in a small town: Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic Church, and a Jewish synagogue. Each church and the synagogue were overrun with pesky squirrels one day the presbyterian church called a meeting to decide what to do about the squirrels after much prayer and consideration they determined that the squirrels were predestined to be there and they shouldn't interfere with god's divine will in the baptist church the squirrels had taken up uh, habitation in the baptistry the deacons met and decided to put a cover on the baptistry and drown the squirrels the squirrels escaped somehow and next in the following week there were more than ever so that didn't work in the methodist church got together and decided that they were not in a position to harm any of God's creatures, so they humanely trapped the squirrels and set them free. A few miles outside of town, three days later, the squirrels were back. You knew that was going to happen, right? But the Catholic Church came up with the best and most effective solution. They baptized the squirrels and registered them as members of the Catholic Church. Now they only see them on Christmas, Ash Wednesday, Palm Sunday, and Easter. Okay. Not much was heard about the Jewish synagogue, but they took one squirrel and had a short service with him called a circumcision, and they haven't seen a squirrel since. So that worked out pretty well. Uh, 719-473-1240 is uh, our contact line here on Around the House. I thought you might enjoy that, uh, on the, uh, particularly on a weekend. This uh, kitchen stove thing. The government never runs out of things to regulate, and they have no compunction about trying to push us around and tell us how to behave and what kind of uh, appliances. You know, we've we've been through this before with air conditioners and furnaces. Now, gas stoves, and the ending to this is a pretty good ending. But here's a Gabriella Hoffman had a great uh, a great piece on this on Townhall.com. Uh, the a member of, one of the members of the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, which is kind of a nosy organization anyway, and very intrusive and um, nanny, you know, busybody kind of thing. 
One of their members, Richard Trumpka Jr., son of the late AFL-CIO president, you may remember that name, Trumpka, alluded to a gas stove ban to uh, to Bloomberg News Service, saying any option is on the tables on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. He cited an International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health report claiming gas stoves are responsible for nearly 13% of childhood asthma cases. Now, stop right there. If your kid has asthma, get an electric stove and have a nice day, right? But no, no, that's not good enough. But these findings are suspect because the organizations that did the research, like Rewiring America, a self-described leading electrification nonprofit focused on electrifying our homes and businesses. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Another listed author is Brady Seals, manager of the Rocky Mountain Institute's Carbon-Free Buildings Program, is a backer of the study. Uh, the, um, the Seals isn't a scientist or health professional. Her Rocky Mountain uh, RMI department advocates zero carbon buildings, retrofitting 5% of each buildings, of all buildings each year, ensuring electrification and efficient appliances. The AGA, the American Gas Association, which kind of oversees and approves any gas appliances, plus a bunch of other stuff, but uh, they poo-pooed the study. Uh, December 2022 report uh, in the International Journal of Environmental Research, they say linking natural gas cooking with asthma is not substantiated by sound science. The AGA said any discussion or perpetuation of the allegations in this report which is funded by non-government organizations to advance their agenda, is reckless. The bottom line is keep your hands off of our, our gas stoves. You know, gas stoves have been with us for a long, long time. That's the, the first stoves I remember when I was a kid, and you guys may be in the same boat, were gas stoves. That's all anybody had. Uh, my first electric stove, I remember, I was thinking it was like it was in eighth grade, and we got a brand-new stove, and it had kind of fancy push buttons, and it was really kind of a neat from a technology standpoint, a neat uh, stove. Um, and uh, the problem with, as most of these bans or proposed bans, which seem to somehow come to pass, is it hurts poor people. Poor people can cook, poor or poorer families worldwide, they can cook for a lot less money with gas than electric uh, electricity. Um, to continue, the AGA said regulations like the CPSC should rely on real science and not unsubstantiated claims of advocates. Attempts to generate consumer fears with baseless allegations to justify the banning of natural gas is misguided, will not improve the environment or the health of consumers, and would add vulnerable populations, meaning poor people, with significant costs. Uh, people, Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat from West Virginia, said this is a recipe for disaster. The federal government has no business telling American families how to cook their dinner. I tell, can tell you the last thing would ever leave my house is my gas stove. And this is the money sentence here. If this is the greatest concern the Consumer Product Safety Commission has for American consumers, I think we need to reevaluate the commission. Ouch, says the article. Uh, and, and insist in response to all this backlash, Trumpka insisted the phase out would be voluntary. So this has caused a big stir. I've, I've never seen quite the reaction um, the the uh, to this article this week. Uh, chefs, there was a chef that was a Fox News guest. Ninety um, percent of chefs 
professional chefs, of course, cook with gas because it's quick on and quick off and quick heat and so on. Uh, Chef Andrew Gruel said on Fox Business, I think we've completely lost our minds. So the idea now is that if we want an end, and the end is obviously getting rid of gas stoves and fossil fuels, everything has to be electric. They're going to create as many stories as they can and try to piece together statistics that have no connection to get the latest headline. That's exactly right. So the battle cry is my kitchen, my choice, hands off of, or keep your cotton picking hands off my gas stove. And this, I think, is going away. And the reaction has been so swift. I think this was uh, just... You know, like Monday or Tuesday is when this was floated by the Consumer Product Safety Commission. And it's because of the intense backlash, I think it's kind of gone away. Thank goodness. This electrification of homes, we've talked about this a little bit uh, in the past. And it's, in my opinion, a recipe for chaos, increased consumer prices. uh, And it it just, it's it's a recipe for no heat, no cooking. No hot water if we're not careful. A natural gas is a clean-burning fuel, as you know, and the reason our the United States, at least, has got its uh, got its carbon footprint lower year by year is because of switching to natural gas. But these advocates that don't like fossil fuels at all, including in our cars, want to get rid of natural gas and electrify everything. The question, of course, is where's the electricity going to come from? Because we're closing down power plants. A great example is the power plant Martin Drake down here in the center of Colorado Springs, which is closing 13 years before it was meant, uh, scheduled to be closed. And that all started because a bunch of people were claiming that respiratory problems, and a- including asthma, were being caused by the power plant with no scientific evidence, just hearsay and anecdotes and emotion. We're closing a power plant. How on earth are we going to electrify all of our homes we can't i can't fit those pieces of the puzzle together because they don't fit if we get rid of natural gas we're going to be in real trouble so that's my little speech for today but i'm it's it's amazing and gratifying how quickly this went away it just it it hit people right between the eyes and i think maybe people are waking up now that maybe the government does not have our best interests maybe they just want to uh, control us they like power and they like they like the uh, the feeling that it gets by telling us how to live our lives. So maybe some of this will go away, will slow down this inevitable, it used to be inevitable, I guess, march towards electrification. Maybe fossil fuels are going to be more of a bigger part of our future than we thought there were. they were going to be. 17 minutes after the hour, we'll take a quick break now. I'll be back with your phone calls, 719-473-1240, right here on Around the House. We'll look forward to hearing from you. We'll be right back. Well, speaking of natural gas, if you want to get your natural gas bill down, the temperature goes down, your bill goes up, it seems, get some good windows on your house. If you have those ugly old wood, steel, or aluminum windows from days gone by, I want you to call Dutch's Home Improvement to get some energy-efficient windows on your house. Your house will be, of course, more energy-efficient, as I just said, but it'll also look newer than its age. It's like a good facelift to get new windows on your house. Dutch's carries only the best brands, so give them a call at 71. 719-392-1369. Gary at Dutch's has customer service as his number one goal. He's This is a great company. been around over 30 years. They have the best installers in town. Of course, they're fully licensed and insured. They're your local home improvement contractor and carry the best brands 
of efficient vinyl windows for your house. So get your natural gas bills down this winter and save money in the summer, too. Call Dutch's at 719-392-1369 or dutcheshomeimprovement.com. From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back to the program. It's 21 minutes after the hour. Let's get our buddy Steve on the air. Steve, you're you're on Around the House. Good afternoon. What's going on, buddy? Good afternoon, Commander Ken. How you be on this splendid All day? All right. It's a beautiful day out there, isn't it? It is indeed. You got my attention here. I'm, I'm a little bit late tuning in, but on Martin Drake, you've been around here probably about as long as I have or longer. And you may recall they had a particular pollution control equipment on there called the Newman pollution control equipment that the city, yes. as the NCSU, went in on. And that thing produced what was arguably the cleanest coal-burning power plant in the country, lowest SO2, lowest NO2, uh, lowest everything. And I don't know what happened because as ratepayers, we invested a few million bucks in that thing. Well, I know. We had part of the, we had part of the uh, – wasn't the Colorado Springs Utilities uh, had, a, had a piece of the action, so to speak? Uh, yes. It, it, yeah, and, and yes. sharing the profits. Whatever happened to yeah. that? Because it's, you just don't hear about it anymore. Did, did it, well, in, in, my, in my research, you're going to love this. They are now out of country, based in Bangkok, and they're selling a heck out of this emissions control all through huh. Asia. Well, I noticed but, you know, there, there's a small, small-ish, uh, Steve, power plant on North Nevada called uh, Birdsell. Okay, it's up near the old dog track, and the, it was running this week. And because I saw vapor coming out of the cooling towers, which tells me they need power because birds almost never runs. It runs on fuel oil. And and um, uh, so the fact that they were running it means they need power. And so they shut the Drake, Drake power plant down. And like you say, it was it was not time. The, the director of CSU that uh, supervised this uh, premature shutdown uh, left town and he's gone somewhere else now and it just sits there uh, doing nothing. Now they're putting some gas turbines in into the Martin Drake property. Did you know that? Yes, that's their plan is to convert it over to gas turbines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if, if, if they don't demolish it, which is still up in the air. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, also on EVs, I guess a lot of people aren't aware and I hadn't really become aware until I was made aware. But EVs, whenever there's a battery issue, as in overtemp or an accident, fire department won't touch them because these, these things burn so hot, they just can't put water and chemical extinguisher on there. Yeah, I've, I've read that, too. Water doesn't even touch them. Um, no, it, it just no. makes it worse. No, I know. And if you have a cell, you, you know, as you know, and a lot of people don't, you look at those EV batteries, which are now running between 10 and 13 grand on replacement, but they're composed of many, many lithium cells so if one cell goes bad the whole thing shoots crash and it starts to over tap and it's a, it's a bad thing bad thing yeah and the a fi- like you say a fire is just awful so yep unintended consequences our lives these days are full of them it seems steve thanks yeah quick, thanks thanks for your quick, call quick. buddy appreciate it line two let's talk to jr you're on the air with ken moon around the house hi hey ken how's it going buddy love uh, your show as always thank you hey i 
I just have a question, man. I, I winterized my lawn. I've been, you know, watering it every three weeks or so. We've gotten a lot of snow lately, so I haven't had to water. Um, still got some green blades in there and stuff, but what's, what's my next step? Do I do it again in, like, February or March and hit it with some fertilizer, weed, you know, weed slash uh, fertilizer for spring, or do I just leave it alone now? Well, you, you say you've been winter watering? Right. I've been wondering about every three weeks. I Yeah, that three or four yeah. weeks is ideal. Yeah. Well, the next step would be aeration, but that would be like in mid to late March. Okay. But no more chemical application. No, no, no. Not until the spring. Uh-uh. Did you do a late okay. fall fertilizing, JR, like in uh, October sometime? Right. Yeah, that's it until the spring. You want to let it sleep. Uh, but aerate and fertilize um, in... in um, uh, you know, as I say, mid to late March, and it'll kickstart the lawn, and your, the aeration will really help a lot. So, yeah, just let it go now, but the, you're smart to do that winter watering every three or four weeks. Yeah, I'm going to do mine this weekend. That's why I don't winterize or blow out my sprinkler system, as you've heard me say before. So, yeah, you're fine. You're doing the right thing. Now, don't forget to winter water your uh, flower beds that have bulbs in them or and your rose bushes, those sorts of things, right? Right, right. Yeah. Now, have you heard of a, a lawn vacuum before? Because I get these big 50 to 80 foot, three of them, uh, pine trees in my backyard. And of course, they're constantly losing needles, and I can't get them all. You know, there's no way I can rake them and get them all up. Is there such a thing as a lawn vacuum? Well, I, why can't you rake them? Just too many? Uh, there's so many. They get down into the blades of grass, but they're very aesthetic. And if you don't get them up, that's one thing I've learned. I've been in the same house for about 10 years now. And uh, if you don't get these needles up, they turn very ascetic, and it will kill your grass. Yeah. you Well, there are, you know, leaf vacuums that I have one at home. It's a plug-in. You can, I guess, get gas uh, or battery versions of them. The leaf plug-ins have a mulcher built in and a sack, and the, the leaves just just get ground up and blown into and little tiny particles into the sack. I don't know if they, it would work for pine needles or not. That's a great question. But you know that what I'm talking about, the leaf vac? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Would that, I don't know if that would work with pine needles. They might get jammed sideways in the in the in the intake nozzle i don't know what I, what i would do if somebody's listening that has tried this before please give us a call 719-473-1240 but um i'll do a little research for you I, it's kind of fun to, uh, during commercial breaks and see if i can find any evidence that they'll work on pine needles i know what you mean there's tannins and uh, they're acidic anyway pine needles are and the grass doesn't like too much acid as you know so i get i get the problem yeah so uh thank you i'll do some research for you and keep listening will you all right thank you thank you jr yeah well that's a problem yeah but he's doing the right thing that's you know i haven't talked about this for a while winter water aerate in the spring aerate in the fall fertilize five or six times through the summer season your lawn will love you for it i do let's see one two three four five i do six total fertilizations so uh, Jr., you're on the right on the right track. Here's an email from Sharon. It was 63 in the house this morning. The thermostat shut off the furnace too soon and will not warm up. Uh, so what's going on? Well, you say the furnace does come on. That's good news because it means that the thermostat seems to be working. 
it just doesn't stay on long enough apparently make sure your thermostat has fresh batteries that would be the first thing um uh the first thing to uh, uh check out um if if it if it still misbehaves you can try this experiment and this usually works okay i'm, I'm not guaranteeing that it isn't going to cause you a problem but there's a red and white wire in there and if you briefly touch them together uh, just to see if the furnace starts on its own, that'll tell you it's the thermostat. Now, you won't get a shock because it's only 24 volts. Uh, don't keep the connection too long because uh, you just want to verify the furnace is actually heating the house normally. Uh, but uh, that's one experiment you can do. If it seems okay, then buy a new thermostat, replacement thermostats. There's a big range in prices from 20 or 25 bucks up to several hundred dollars i like the honeywell electronic setback thermostats they have a built-in clock and they go up and down twice a day and you can set them program them day by day for the seven days of the week so that that would be one thing to do get a nice new electronic setback thermostat and finally check your furnace filter if it's really dirty that could be part of the problem is overheating the furnace and uh, that's causing a problem too so there's some sharing some things to do to uh to kind of check out what's going on with your furnace and your thermostat all right it's half past the hour we're going to take a break be right back with your phone calls and more of this week's great email right after this right here and around the house Hey, we've got a new sponsor I want to talk to you about. It's Click Heating and Air. You know, it's hard to find a good heating and air HVAC contractor that you can trust. A lot of folks will sell you stuff you don't need and all that. Well, I want you to call Click Heating and Air. They have wonderful reviews online. Plus, they're a Rheem dealer. Rheem's my favorite brand, by the way. And they have great technicians. You can call for an appointment. They'll do a comprehensive inspection of your furnace and AC and give you solid, no-surprise quote for needed repairs. That's a big deal, the no-surprise quote in the HVAC business. They offer senior, military, first responder discounts, and a big price break if you combine a new furnace and AC in one trip. So the owner, Jim, has been in the industry for over 35 years. He hires only the best technicians. So for great service and prices and an honest transparent experience give click heating and air a call 719-782-5425 782-5425 or click heating and from your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between ken moon has solutions around the house give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240 it's 24 minutes before the hour now on the around the house program we'd love to hear from you today it's 719-473-1240 jr if you're still listening got some good news chris and matt went to work doing the research that i said i was going to do but they're quicker than me and they got some stuff printed out for me there are indeed uh mulchers vacuum slash mulchers for pine needles uh the, the brands they found works w-o-r-x which is a pretty good brand uh, they, the black and decker uh, lawn vacuum is the one i have at home it's really powerful uh and there's a craftsman yard vac craftsman i guess they're still in business i guess is it still sears i suppose i don't know that's a name my dad knew for sure. Lawnmaster is another brand. These are all look similar. They're uh, they're handheld. They have a long sort of tube that goes down and sucks up the pine needles and then mulches them and throws them into a bag that's slung over your shoulder. And I've used them for deciduous leaves for a long time. They work 
they work pretty well. Uh, and um, so any of these, I like the Black & Decker only because I have it at home. Now, there's some options from what I've just scanned these uh, really quickly during the commercial break. You can get battery, electric, or gas-powered versions of these. Uh, battery versions, I, I see here, eh, it, it kind of says, well, it's okay, but not as potent as the plug-in kind. I have a plug-in. I have a long a 50-foot extension cord, one of those orange 16-gauge uh, extension cord, which works just fine. So I would recommend the plug-in version. I don't like gasoline. I don't like to carry around gas-powered tools because they stink and they're extra loud and uh and I, I they're just a hassle to deal with in the winter time you got to drain them or put gas uh preservatives uh in um uh in them and stuff so yeah i would go the electric plug-in way for any of these brands but the black and decker lawn vacuum would be a good one so you can check these out online i'm sure amazon and everybody else lowe's and home depot have them so i would go the worx works craftsman or or Black & Decker would be a, a good choice. So, yeah, you can get those sucked up, and you can do it any old time right now if you want to. Thank you, guys, by the way, for that. You can do it right now because uh, I'm sure you have Ponderosa Pines in your yard, JR, and they lose about a third of their needles each fall. Uh, they fall in the fall, just like deciduous trees. So whatever is down now is about all you're going to have because they won't be, won't be another needle drop until next august or september ish you know what i'm saying in the fall so i would do it right now but any of those and i don't know about prices i suppose they're 100 bucks or so we can uh you could look that up if you'd like to but anyway jr i hope that's helpful to you thanks to matt and uh chris we got that done let's see here oh here's here's one we haven't talked about this for a long time this is from kurt who um is listening to the program and he says i heard you talking about a protector for the top of the joist on a deck uh but the lumberyard doesn't know about this um i'm surprised you know when you build a deck you want to protect the top of the joist from moisture and there's a lot of ways to do that you can use galvanized flashing cut into strips the simpson company makes pre-formed plastic strips that just snap over the joist or as i have done at my deck at home you can um you can use some ice and water shield. That's a sticky ice and water shield is a brand name. It's a sticky tar paper that you just cut strips and stick it right to the top of the joist. Then put your deck boards on top, and that really prolongs the life of your deck because the where decks start to fail and rot and deteriorate is that perpetual wet spot between the joists and the deck boards. So, a galvanized metal, plastic, or strips of ice and water shield would be the would be the choice there to cover the top of those of those um, cover the top of those joists. So uh, that's a good email. I, I hadn't talked about that for a long time, but that's very very important. We have a call. Let's talk to Gordon on line one. Uh, you're on the air with Ken Moon around the house. Hey, how's it going, Gordon? Doing well, Ken. How are you? All right. What's up? So I got a question. I have a clothes washer drain. With, with, with a J-hook plastic tube that goes into a wall drain, but that vibrated out. Is there anything on the market that will secure the hose to the wall drain? Huh. So it's like that flexible hose comes out of the wash machine and goes up and, and upside down you, right? Yep. And sticks into the hole. Well, uh, 
um, Gordon, mine at home has at the the very end of that hose, it has kind of ribs on it. You know what I mean? Like ribs sticking out. So as I shove it farther down into the hole, it really sticks in there. Is yours not similar to that? It is similar, but it has a stop on it, so you can only shove it down so far. The st- uh, okay, the stop is, is inside the wall, you mean? No, the stop is on the outside of the washer drain hose. Okay. Huh. It's, it's like a big plastic washer, 8, 12 inches from the end of Oh, I see. I, well, I don't. My, mine. I only have with the ribs on the end. As I say, it's it's it. You know, fairly substantial rubber ribs on the end. It's the last about two or three inches of my hose, and I only have to stick it down there about an inch and a half or so. Does yours have to go, have to go down farther than that? Well, it it vibrates loose when you put heavy loads in. Yeah. So it eventually will work itself out, and if you're not on top of it. It'll come out, and it'll flood, and then I got water damage. Now, could you put, well, let me ask you, is there a way, you know, that you say there's a like a big washer on the end, a, like a disc, right? No, it, it's actually kind of a rectangle. My question is, is the stop big enough to stick a couple of screws through it? Could yes. You, could you drill a, a hole, you know, a couple of holes in that stop? And put some dry roll screws in and screw it right into the, right into the uh, to the disposal, uh, little little disposal. Uh, you know, there's a little box there. I, I assume, like at my house, right. you think you could put a couple of drywall screws in there? Maybe. Yeah. It, it, or it she, it too far away. Sheet, sheet, metal, sheet metal screws would be better, not drywalls. Well, drywall would work because they're very sharp and they they are self tapping, so to speak. But that might be the answer. Just a couple of screws, uh, just to, just enough to hold it into place. I know what you mean. These new washing machines, their pumps are very powerful, and they just blast that water, and so you're getting kind of a reverse kickback from the water blasting in. And uh, so that would that would be the thing that you know. If you want to send me a picture of the end of that hose, maybe we could talk about it a little more. Uh, maybe like tomorrow or something. Uh, but just off the top of my head, I would try to even one screw would work. It isn't going to take much to hold it in place. So you might try that pre-drill a hole and then stick a screw in there. Okay, I'll take a look and if that doesn't work, I'll take a picture and yeah, it. yeah, and send it to me. Um, I'm s- send me an email to my aroundthehouse.com website and I'll give you a private email that you can send the picture to. Okay. Okay. All right, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, for your call, Gordon. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I my, I don't have a similar problem, but I understand what he's talking about. Newer washing machines, uh, some that that's one of the things we talk about here on the air a lot is old sewer systems, houses built earlier than the say the mid nineteen seventies. There's the washing machine pipe is one size smaller than we use today. And these new washing machines blast enough water through there. Sometimes it clogs the pipe ups or they overflow into the floor drain or whatever. So, yeah, washing machines, their pumps are very, very efficient. So I get what you're saying, Gordon. That was that's, you know, that's interesting, interesting call. But send me a picture if you can't figure out how to screw that together. 719-473-1240. Jerry sent me an email. I have older steel siding. It's pretty faded, so I want to paint it. We'll paint stick. 
Uh, would it be better to get new siding on the house? I'm glad you have steel, not aluminum. You know, the old... Did you ever see that Tin Man movie? Did you ever see that movie with uh, Danny DeVito and, and Richard Dreyfuss? It's really a neat movie about aluminum sales, uh, siding salesmen back in... I think it's Baltimore back in the in the old 50s and 60s. But out here, if we have metal siding, we use steel because we have a lot of hail. Aluminum siding is very vulnerable to hail. So I'm glad you have steel siding. It's very substantial. Yes, you can repaint it jerry but like all paint jobs the preparation is the key because by now the finish is probably powdery because the sun is oxidized whatever factory paint job is on there so i would get a power washer uh by the way i made a i made a a, a silent pledge to myself this week i'm gonna go buy myself a power washer like it down at uh, harbor freight would be a good place to buy an inexpensive power washer which you don't use it a lot if you're a homeowner uh, and uh, just to have one around the house. But power wash this to get all the powdery layers of old paint off. Then you want to put a primer on there. Now, I think Kills, K-I-L-Z, or Bullseye that we've talked about will work, but I'd like you to check in with a paint store like Sherwin-Williams or even go over to Lowe's or Home Depot or Ace Hardware, talk to their paint expert, find a guy with gray hair like me, and talk to him about this. Uh, you want the right primer. Uh, sometimes there's primers with uh, zinc oxide in them that make a better primer for metal, as we're talking about here, steel siding. Uh, so the primer is the key. Power wash, prime. Once it's primed with the right primer, you can put any old paint on you want. A nice exterior, semi-gloss latex would work really nicely. Elastomeric paint might be even a better choice. It's a little rubbery, a little flexible. Elastomeric paint's expensive, but since the steel siding will want to shrink and contract in uh, temperature changes elastomeric might be a better a better choice talk to the paint guys about that but you're on the right track power wash the right primer and you're all set you can sure paint it uh, to your heart's content so get your house looking all new and fresh with new steel siding paint 719-473-1240 time for another break we'll be right back with your phone calls right after this right here on around the house Hey, if you're like me, you take your faithful companion. I was going to say faithful Indian companion. That's another program on the radio anyway. Your faithful garage door, you take it for granted, and that's fine until you get stuck at home some morning. The winter season is the hardest of all on your garage door. So I want you to call the Above the Rest Garage Door Repair Company and get on their premier membership program. It's a regular maintenance deal twice a year, surprisingly inexpensive, and it'll help make sure your garage door operates as it's supposed to, safely, and you don't get stuck at home someday. So every six months, they'll tune up the garage door, lubricate things, tighten the nuts and bolts, adjust the spring, whatever they need to do to make sure it's operating properly. And when you sign up for the program, they'll waive the 150 trip fee for an emergency visit. So call above the rest at 719-499-0491, Ask about the Premier Membership Program. Tell them I sent you. Get that garage door tuned up. Your garage door will thank you for it. Above the rest. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's nine minutes before the hour now on the Around the House program. A shout out to our friends in Casper and throughout 
Wyoming in general, listening on KTWO, 50,000-watt K2 in Casper. We're glad you're uh, with us. They uh, they time delay the show a little bit, but, you know, we got, I've got a lot of friends up there in Casper that have been my friends, uh, listening to the show for years. I used to go up there every year to do the home show. So, uh, hello, Casper and Greater Wyoming, Douglas and all that area. We're glad you're you're with us here on the program. 719-473-1240 and live email at aroundthehouse.com. Uh, this is from Bev. This is interesting in light of the fact that we've got a new uh, sponsor here, a heating and air conditioning sponsor on the program. Bev says, I had a technician recommend replacing the furnace soon because it has a small crack in the heat exchanger. What do you think? Well, uh, first of all, the, I think a licensed heating contractor has a moral, professional and I think legal obligation to report a bad furnace to the city so they can the gas company can red tag it because if it is indeed hazardous and can let carbon monoxide in the house, the city will put a red tag right on the on the on the uh, gas meter, shut the gas off until you replace that furnace. If that wasn't done, that tells me eh, you might be in for a little bit of a a, a, a switcheroo here, so to speak. Uh, maybe the temp just needs to want needs to sell you a new furnace to pay his salary for the next month. You get the, you get the idea. Bless his heart. Nice try, right? But if you did not red tag the furnace and you have a carbon monoxide detector in your house, I would get a second or even, and even a third opinion. Sometimes the gas I don't know if CSU gas company still does this, but a lot of gas companies, if you think you have a bad furnace, will come to a free check for you. You might call Colorado Springs Utilities, but get another opinion, uh, uh, Bev, on this on this furnace. Uh, I, my new sponsor, Click Heating and Air, would be a great uh, a great choice for this. Uh, just to just to come out and have them take a look. A lot of times these cracks in the heat exchanger don't exist, or there's a little scratch or some imperfection that is not a big deal. So get that checked out. As I say, as long as you have a good working carbon monoxide detector in the house, uh, you're you're fine. You can wait on this. So it used to be, you know, back in the in the eighties. Uh, do you remember? I'm, I'm sure you guys remember. Um, a, a lot of manufacturers, including our big three auto manufacturers, the 80s was not a, a decade to remember for those people. The car manufacturers, the engineering was poor. That's why the overseas, the Toyotas and, and the Kias and Hyundais uh, uh, kind of uh, were on the, uh, and Honda were on the way up and the American car makers were on the way down uh, over unionization and they took our business for granted. They didn't do a lot of innovating or good engineering. The same thing in the furnace business. There were a bunch of lousy furnaces made in the late 70s through the most of the 80s decade. And those furnaces, especially the horizontal ones in the crawl spaces, did fail more often than you would have wanted them to and, 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 and more frequency than you would have expected. That's all changed now. Furnaces are well-engineered. And it's not. It's pretty rare now to hear about a heat exchanger or a fume issue with a newer furnace. But if you have an older furnace, especially if um, uh, you might, you know, I want you. First of all, if you have an older furnace, get it checked every single fall before the heating season begins, because theoretically, any furnace can fail at any time, especially older ones, and especially the horizontal type furnaces in the crawl spaces. Those, because of their architecture seem to fail a little more often than the vertical upright ones do. So 
Uh, anyway, but the making I'm making a long story longer. Uh, Bev, if you if they didn't red tag the furnace, it means they're not totally sure it's a problem either. So get a second and even a third opinion. And but if if indeed there is not a crack in the heat exchanger, uh, you might want to uh, go online and leave a lousy review for the first company. So they'll cut that out because a lot of these companies, they really do need to make next month's payroll. And so sometimes they want to sell you a furnace when you really don't need one. Okay. 719-473-1240. Wendy says the hot water side to my washer won't flow. The cold side is okay. Is this a major problem? It's hard to say. Is it, is it a problem with the washer or is it a problem with the plumbing side? What I want you to do, of course, is disconnect the hoses from the washer and run them into a bucket. If, if, if they flow equally hot and cold into the bucket, you know that it's a part of the switch inside the washing machine, the, the temperature switch. And you may have to replace that, which is going to be a little, uh, a little pricey. Um, and I want you to check. There should be strainers uh, on one end, usually on the, on the end farthest from the washing machine. There should be little screen strainers in there that keep crud from getting into your washing machine, check those out too. They may be totally impacted with rust and crud and, and dirt and sand and so on, so clean those out, or even better yet, get new ones. Uh, so that's another thing to do. But uh, first thing to do, disconnect the hoses from the washing machine and make sure you get full flow. If you do, it's the washing machine. If not, check the strainers in the, in the hoses. Uh, you can also try switching hoses, hot to cold and cold to hot, and see if that helps. Because then you can narrow it down to a problem with the hose. So anyway, those th- there's three different checks that you can do as experiments to see to make the diagnosis uh, yourself. I want you to make sure that speaking of washing machine hoses, make sure you have those braided steel hoses, not just rubber hoses, because the rubber hoses can burst and cause flooding. Uh, and it's, if your washing machine is on the second floor of your house, that can be a catastrophe at your house and a, and a huge loss. It's usually covered by insurance, but it makes a big mess uh, in the drywall and the living room and the carpet and the furniture and all that. So uh, make sure you have those braided steel hoses and put a water alarm, hopefully tied into your home alarm system or something that calls your cell phone, uh, put a water alarm at, on the floor uh, behind the washing machine and that'll let you know if there's anything bad going on and, and you're not at home murphy's law dictates if you're going to have a flood it's when you're when you're not at home right so water alarm by the washing machine is a good idea especially on the second story of your house and you can get one to call your cell phone they're not terribly expensive you can get them online well that's all she wrote for the first hour we'll be back with part two right after the news on the around the house program give us a call 719 719- 473-1240 or live email right here in the studio at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be back right after the news. something there it's six minutes after the hour hello uh earth calling uh, okay yeah I'm, I'm i'm with us now all right I, I don't know what i was thinking but i wasn't thinking so i've got a little this is kind of cute i like this eileen sent me this 
Um, we were faithful listeners to your Saturday program. We realize from time to time you like fun things on your show. We thought you might uh, share these items with your fans. There's a list here. Called, is there a, uh, she calls it just grins. Okay, I like this. Some of these are kind of cute. You might enjoy these. Why do uh, Some food for thought here. Why do we say slept like a baby when babies wake up every hour and a half? That's a good question. Why do we yell heads up when we should be yelling heads down, right? Yeah. Why is it called quicksand when it sucks you down very, very slowly? Ooh. You know, in, in, in movies, I read this somewhere that when they simulate quicksand in movies, it's some kind of a mixture of sawdust so uh, that, that looks like quicksand and... Anyway, so that uh, the uh, they they put there's a famous quicksand scene in Blazing Saddles. You remember that? I got my foot on the end of the rail. Remember? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Let's see. When French people swear, do they say "Pardon my English"? Good question. Why is it called the Department of Interior when they are in charge of everything that's outdoors? Uh, that's a that's a good one. What color hair do bald men put on their driver's license? Hmm. When two airplanes almost collide, why is it a near miss? Shouldn't it be a near hit? Huh? Logic. Why do we shut up but quiet down? Why do we shut up but quiet down? This one is my favorite. How did the keep off the grass sign get there in the first place? Right? And finally, if practice makes perfect and nobody can be perfect, then why practice? Uh, Go have a glass of wine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, thought you might like Thank you, Eileen, for those are kind of cute. Anyway, 719-473-1240. Don't forget, am I still doing well on podcasts, Chris, as far as you know? Yeah. Well, you guys have been very responsive to the podcasts of Around the House, so I appreciate that. And uh, Chris will put up today's podcast uh, when he's uh, done watching the football game or something, a couple hours after we go off the air. And uh, the podcasts go back uh, almost eight months now to the uh, first weekend in july so if you want to go to my site aroundthehouse.com click on listen to podcasts it'll go right into the krdo site or you can go to krdo.com slash radio but the podcasts are right there for downloads listening uh just listening you know, on your computer whatever you'd like to do with the podcast we're glad you listen podcasting is getting more and more popular in the broadcasting business as you know Let's see, 719-473-1240. If you want to send me a live email here in the studio, go to aroundthehouse.com, click on the second button from the left. Let's see here. Here we go. This is this is not a signed, this is not a signed email, so um, I don't know where the signature got left off. Anyway, this emailer says we have a whole house humidifier. Trouble is it doesn't keep up. Rarely gets the humidity over 20%. How do we get better results? Well, I have a similar deal in my house. Remember, the whole house humidifier only works when the furnace fan is running. So most of the time, it's not running. It's it's off. So uh, if you if you if you on your thermostat, you probably have a switch, uh, a blower switch or a fan switch that says on or auto. Set it to on, and then the humidifier will run all the time, whether the system is calling for heat or not. It'll cost uh, 20, 30 bucks a month extra in electricity to run the fan. But you may find it's worth it if there are people in your house that suffer from, uh, you know, dry nasal stuff and sore throats. And, uh, you know, maybe you have some folks with breathing difficulties in the house or you just have plain old dry skin. My This time of year, my fingers and 
thumbs kind of crack open from dry skin. Uh, people think the humidity humidifier does good, and I think it does. Now, the problem is <clears throat> that you're probably not going to get super high humidity like you would if you were back east someplace. I set mine at about four. What am I? Forty percent, and I and I have a humidity a dial, little little gauge in my house, a, uh, a, a relative humidity gauge, and it never gets above thirty five. And the reason is it's so dry here in the Rocky Mountain West that it just can't keep up like it might in more humid parts of the country. So you do, it does the best it can. But the twenty percent, you can get it higher than that uh, to our emailer here if you keep it on all the time. Get a humidity uh, a little gauge. I have a. Uh, I, I went online, and I'm not sure if it's what brand it is, but it's a. Uh, it measures the indoor and uh, temperature and humidity, and the outdoor temperature and humidity. A little, a little remote transmitter, and it's wasn't very expensive, so you can keep track of the humidity in your house. But set it about thirty-five to forty. It'll probably never get there, but you'll you'll still will be more comfortable if you run the furnace fan all uh, all the time. Uh, the, your furniture does better your cabinets your hardwood floors do better when there's higher humidity in your house one other thing if you have children or grandkids that uh, need a little more humidity in their rooms those portable cold steam units do work pretty well you can put it near the bed and let it run all night long now they're a little bit of a pain to clean because they get calcified minerals in them and they get uh, if you're not careful they get bacteria and they get a little slimy so you want to keep them clean them regularly but those cold steam humidifiers for a little added humidity in a kid's bedroom work very very well but that whole house humidifier if you want it to run to its maximum capacity then you probably want to run that furnace fan all the time and if you don't have a thermostat with a fan switch on it that says fan auto or on it's easy to get, to get one uh the only problem is you may not have enough wires from the thermostat to the furnace you got to have at least three or four wires to run the fan so that's another heating contractor issue you could call my sponsor over there click heating and, and get that done for you but if you got more than just the red and white wire running from your thermostat to your furnace then you can get a, a thermostat that has a humidity or has a, a fan control on it and uh, turn that fan on all the time if you'd like to and run that humidity all the time remember your humidifier screen needs to be replaced at least once a year i replace mine at the beginning of the heating season if you run your furnace fan all the time and you run your humidifier constantly you might want to change it halfway through the winter which is about now actually because it just gets a lot of calcified minerals on it and it's less efficient it doesn't evaporate water uh, as it should and the other the final thing i wanted to talk about here and this is so obvious to me that i almost forgot it and that is make sure the humidifier is fed with from the hot water side of your plumbing not the cold water side because warm water evaporates more quickly than cold water and i'm amazed at how many as i do a little home inspecting now and then how many humidifiers i see hooked up to the cold water supply side and that's a big no-no uh, you want hot water feeding your humidifier and that's a very th simple thing to change yourself so there's some ideas for you on your whole house humidifier run that fan all the time if you want that extra humidity in your house i do it you know when i feel you know, you know that feeling you get when a cold is coming on that little in the back of your nose and your throat you say oh geez here comes another one when I, when that happens to me i turn my furnace fan all the time on all the time get that extra humidity uh, just double up on the vitamin c and that seems to help 
some. So I think humidity, you know, our our lungs, our nasal passages, uh, respiration, respiratory system in general likes a likes a little more humidity than we get here in the Rocky Mountains in the wintertime. It can be down below ten percent uh, in uh, in the winter. So anyway, those some uh, some ideas about your humidifier. I hope that was helpful to you. 719-473-1240. We're going to take a quick break. Be back right after this, right here on the Around the House program. Stick around. We're just talking about a kind of a phony heat exchanger situation an emailer had. If you want a good, honest evaluation of your furnace and air conditioning system, I want you to call Click Heating and Air. They have wonderful reviews online, plus they're a Ream dealer. I love Ream. That's what I have in my house. So I want you to give them a call at 719-782-5425, and they'll send one of their background-checked technicians to your house for a comprehensive inspection. No surprise quotes. They're not going to sell you stuff you don't need. Just honest service and honest quotes transparent quotes at your house for your furnace and ac situation that's a big deal in the hvac business and by the way they offer senior military first responder discounts and a big price break if you get a furnace and air conditioner uh, installed at the same time it's it they'll cut you a good deal the owner jim's been in the business for 35 years and hires only the best technicians click heating and air give them a call at 719-782-5425 782-5425 things break around the house that's why there's the around the house program with ken moon give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240 welcome back to the program it's 19 minutes after the hour we're glad you're with us here and we uh wish we would uh love to have you call or email aroundthehouse.com for live email here in the studio and uh, of course, our main phone number seven one nine four seven three one two four zero. That's the phone number. Gary says we have two toilets that won't flush and won't respond to a plumber's helper. Could they be frozen? Uh, it's not all that common unless you leave the heat off in the bathroom. Um, there can only be a frozen clog where there's standing water. Uh, if the heat's off, that's why I, I doubt you have frozen toilets. Uh, we don't want toilets to freeze because they can it can crack the porcelain. You cause all kinds of leaks, uh, and so uh, I would check the sewer. If you have a crawl space, maybe you have a maybe you have a crawl space that's really cold and the pipes run uphill. Uh, maybe if you um, if you have the sewer line that isn't deep enough outdoors, sometimes that can can freeze up or at least partially freeze up. Uh, and so you just need to kind of do the detective work on this one and. Um, uh, and, and just go from there. Depends whether you have a septic system uh, or not. But I would more suspect some kind of a a problem with a toilet with a um, a waste pipe that runs uphill. I see that more often than than I um, than I like to see it. Um, here's one that's kind of relevant for this time of year. Of course, Sharon says I have a tri-level house. The lower rooms always ten degrees colder than the rest of the house. What can I do? Tri-levels. This is a common thing in a tri-level. Uh, they're always cold upstairs and warm downstairs because we have open stairwells and we want to mix that heat up. So 
Uh, keep your bedroom doors open upstairs. And let, again, let that furnace fan run all the time. In the cold evenings when you um, when you uh, are, come home from work and have dinner, maybe sit down and watch uh, TV, uh, turn that, if, if it's cold down there, Sharon, in that family room where you're watching television, turn that furnace fan on uh, continuously. And uh, that will mix up the air masses, the warm air mass upstairs and the medium one on the living room level and the cold one downstairs will all be mixed up and will moderate the temperature uh, and, and, um, uh, and, and just help. Um, you might want another heat source in the family room if, if, the, if, if the fan thing doesn't work. I'll bet it will. By the way, one other thing you can do is if you have a, a, you, a, a fan, ceiling fans that blow downward, uh, 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 it can if let's let's say that you have a stairwell going to the bedrooms if you can somehow put a ceiling fan in that hallway blowing downward it'll force air from the hot part of the house down through the stairwell and down into the furnace through the return air and down to the family room so blowing air downward from the upper parts of the house is good so a lot of people don't like maybe the ceiling in the hall isn't tall enough for a for a ceiling fan, but just one more idea. But mixing those air masses up really helps. Now, if you spend all evening in that family room that's 10 degrees colder, maybe you want an auxiliary or ancillary heat source, like a high-efficiency portable electric heater. But a better idea, if you can afford it, because this will add real value to your house, is to put a gas log set, an insert set, into your fireplace, okay? Yeah. if you have an old wood-burning type fireplace, you can buy a gas insert for that, which is like a mini furnace, about 30,000, 35,000 BTUs, and that'll really help. And it, it's they're nice looking. They're usually decorative. They're brass or antique bronze or something, and uh, that'll help add a lot of heat into that family room down there. So that's just some ideas. Yeah, and I, I know it's a pain. Uh, it, it just comes with the territory of having a tri-level house. But keep those... Uh, keep those bedroom doors, uh, uh, you know, if, I want you to keep the bedroom doors open because you'll the heat that comes into those bedrooms will get sucked into the cold air return upstairs and go downstairs into the furnace and mix up those air masses. So that's, um, um, that's a, a good idea. You want to keep the doors open upstairs and suck that heat back into the furnace so it blows around the house. Again, there's another reason to have that furnace fan switch the auto on furnace fan switch to turn it on uh, in the evenings. The same thing applies in the summertime. If you have air conditioning, you again you can mix up the air masses are reverse. The cold air, you know, settles to the uh, uh, the, the uh, this cold air, of course, settles to the uh, down part of the house from the air conditioner, and you have the warmer air upstairs. Uh, you want to just uh, suck that cold air uh, from the uh, from the uh, from the basement area into the system to get it upstairs the situations are backwards we want more cool air upstairs not more warm air so um, that's just another trick we can use in the summertime if you have air conditioning it's a similar situation that furnace fan on all the time will mix the air masses up and you can suck cold air out of the lower parts of the house where it settles and uh, and and run it upstairs yeah that, that that works pretty well also 719-473-1240 is our phone number. Don't forget the podcast, which uh, uh, is available. All of our podcasts, segment by segment, are available going back for uh, about seven or eight months. As a matter of fact, my Denver-based program, 
the last time I looked, there were podcasts available. They're a little hard to find on the iHeart site. They go back to like 2015, if you want to go back into ancient territory. But uh, but the, uh, the the more recent Colorado Springs-based program podcasts are online at the krdo.com site or at my site, aroundthehouse.com. Click on Listen to Podcasts, and it'll take you right to that site. Okay? 719-473-1240 is our uh, phone number. Uh, let's see who else we have here from email this week. Da, 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 da. Um, uh, this is from Jeannie. I have scheduled a company to come upgrade my attic insulation. I have a cathedral ceiling, and they want to blow in new stuff all the way to the top of the rafters in my cathedral ceiling. Is that okay? That's a good question. I like a little airspace up there uh, above the top of the new insulation. And the reason is we don't want to trap excess heat under the shingles up there. We want a little bit of an airspace so we get some circulation of air, especially in the summertime. If you have a darker roof color, of course, you get more heat accumulating from the sun. And you can cook those shingles if you have too much insulation. So you want a little airspace to get a little bit of a of an air movement. It's not, it's not much, but just enough. Uh, so what will happen otherwise, you get premature aging of your shingles. The substrate, which is the sticky part that holds the grit in place, will loosen up from excess heat, and uh, and the roof will start to deteriorate, and that's not what you want. So, yeah, if they want to blow a little more in there, that's fine. Maybe you have a foot or more in that attic now. And if they want to blow a few inches in there, but make sure they stay three or four inches from any part of the roof to get a little air circulation in there because all cathedral ceilings there's some kind of vent i guarantee you you have some kind of a roof vent on top of the roof that ventilates that cathedral ceiling uh, area because you want a circulation and also you don't want the accumulation of moisture air circulation in an attic especially attic crawl spaces also is required to you prevent still air. Still air that has a little humidity in it can create all kinds of issues with mold and dry rot fungus. And all. Dry rot fungus is awful, very painful, I understand. And so it's a little joke. Anyway, so you don't want it to accumulate in your house, crawl space or attic. You want circulation of air for mainly for heat, but also for, also for humidity. Because I guarantee you when, you, when you cook and you take showers and... You do washing, loads of washing, and you just even breathe. Living in your house, you create excess moisture. And if it gets up into the attic, you want a way for it to get dispersed. And the way you do that is to have a little airspace up there. So to make that, uh, to, to summarize uh, the question, Jeannie, yeah, you want a little airspace above the new insulation in your cathedral ceiling. But I'm, I'm glad you're upgrading your insulation. That's a big deal. The two things you can do to uh, make your house more energy efficient Attic insulation, number one, because it's not very expensive compared to the benefits you get from it. And new windows, number two, for sure. Those are the two things to do to save energy. We all want to save energy, whether you have, uh, you know, you have air conditioning in the summer that's a, an electrically uh, energized system, which is very expensive to operate. You have natural gas, at least for now, while they still let us use natural gas uh, in the wintertime. You want to keep those bills lower uh, if you can. So new attic insulation, you want about 15 or 16 inches up there uh, for an R, uh, R45 to R50. And you want new insulation, insulated windows, new vinyl windows from Dutch's Home Improvement would be a good, uh, a good idea. So uh, that's, that's kind of the story. Windows, 
and and on my website, if you go under show stuff, which is a, a lot of the stuff we talk about here on the air, you'll see if you burrow down in there a list of the top fifteen or so. Uh, maybe it's Sweet 16, some little gimmicky thing like that about marginal energy-saving ideas. Uh, of course, insulation number one, windows number two, new furnace number three, and on and on. And you can save a few percentage points here and there by the, doing the little things, and it adds up to a, a big number. Maybe you get another 10 or 15% energy savings summer and winter at your house by doing things that aren't terribly expensive like caulking and storm windows and storm door and ceiling things and all that. But again, start with attic insulation and a new furnace. And uh, Sorry, attic insulation, new windows, new furnace is the order that you want to do things to save energy. Time for a break. It's half past the hour. I'll be right back. 719-473-1240 is our contact line right here on Around the House. We'll be right back. Well, I want you to call a company to save energy. We talked about a few minutes ago about saving energy, energy-efficient windows. Dutch's Home Improvement, a name I know you've heard because they've been around over 30 years. They have great windows, vinyl windows, energy-efficient windows to save you money winter and summer. They've been around, as I say, for more than 30 years. They stand behind their work. I'm impressed with Gary and his old-fashioned customer service commitment they customer service a big deal and quality that's why they've been around so long they're insured of course and and uh, locally fully licensed your local home improvement contractor i want you to call them to get some new windows on your house they do siding and they do doors but windows now are on our mind because energy is getting more and more expensive by the day so call 719-392-1369 and give your castle a long overdue facelift get rid of those ugly old wood steel or aluminum windows when you call dutch's home improvement dutch's home or call them tell them i sent you 719-392-1369 Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's 25 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. If you want to go to my website, aroundthehouse.com, there's some stuff going on there. I have like oh, six or 700 of my columns are in there. Uh, I, I lost track, actually. Uh, it's yeah, 12 or 13 years worth, something like that. Also, the podcasts, of course, are available through there. There's a listen live button wherever you happen to be. Listen to the program live at, from 1 to 3 uh, Mountain Time, of course. And there's a blog area of mom-and-pop type businesses in the Colorado Springs uh, area. And uh, of and folks are going to do small jobs, handyman type things uh, that uh, I haven't vetted them. So you're on your own, but at least there's some names and phone numbers in there to get you started with smaller uh, companies that I started this back during the recession in, I think, 08, 09, when it was hard for some of those people to get work. And so I offered a free blog area and I don't charge for it. So they're right there. You take a look at those. And there's some fun stuff there. Um, if you click under show stuff, uh, you'll see a lot of the things I talk about here is a little humor and some background on, oh, aluminum wiring. Federal Pacific electric panels, insulation furnaces, that kind of thing. And uh, also there's an uh, email button there, email Canon. If you do, I'll see it right here in the studio. And during the week, if you want to email me through that site, that's great. And I'll, I'm pretty good at about answering emails during, during the week. Uh, James sent me an email. When I flush or wash on the top floor of the house, the first floor shower drain starts to smell bad. Do we need a sewer company? Well, uh, 
maybe not. Let me, I need to ask if, if uh, rhetorically, I'm asking if this is a, a, a seldom used bathroom. Maybe a, uh, um, you, you just don't have need to use it uh, all that much. Uh, maybe it's a like a mother-in-law's bathroom kind of thing that doesn't get used. You need to re- put water in in all of those traps. If you have a bathroom that doesn't get much use, dump some water in the shower and lavatory drains and flush the toilet at least once a week. That fills up the traps underneath those drains so the sewer gas doesn't leak into your house. Uh, you may need a drain cleaner in that shower. Shower drains get full of hair strands and gunk uh, that, uh, that can help siphon water out of that trap, which lets the sewer gas smell back in. Uh, look, You can uh, use a uh, plumber's brush. This is a, I used to recommend kind of chemical treatment of of shower drains like with uh, with sulfuric acid plumber's acid kind of thing uh liquid lightning was one name but they're kind of hard to handle they smell the place up and they're a little dangerous and so on so i like to clean shower drains now mechanically and you can get what there's a brand name turbo brush but there are many other brands it's a long wire it has a little handle but a, a long wire with a small like a one inch diameter stiff bristled brush on the end a round brush like a baby's bottle brush only a lot smaller in diameter and you just stick that down in the shower drain and, and pull all of that gunk out of there get a bucket and some rubber gloves and and i guarantee you in, in the in this um james in this trap we're talking about in that lower bathroom i'll bet there's a lot of gunk in there and that gunk could be siphoning water from the trap which is supposed to be full of liquid uh, out into the sewer line and that is where the sewer gas comes from so give that a try also uh so but th- for those of you that have bathrooms that maybe only get used when the kids visit or something you want to run uh water into those traps at least once a week the showers or tubs lavatories flush the toilets often to keep the sewer gas out of your house that's what a trap is for that's the basis of all of our modern plumbing that's one of the reasons that you know, we disease, uh, the diseases that used to be so common, like dysentery, cholera, things like that, that you could attribute to bad sewer, bad sanitation, uh, have virtually disappeared because of the modern trap-based plumbing where we seal away the waste products from inside our houses with these traps. And they're full of water, and they make a great seal to keep keep the smells and keep the germs out of our house and so those traps need to be babied a little bit and that is kept full of water now in your furnace room you might have a probably have a trap in the floor next to your water heater that can let sewer gas into the house also so in that one i like to dump mineral oil it's a it's a liquid clear mineral oil you get at walgreens or or safeway it's a light oil but it doesn't evaporate so if you dump a, a pint of mineral oil in the trap in your in the floor drain in your furnace room it'll just sit there and seal the trap you don't have to worry about water evaporating but if it needs to be used uh, the water will push the oil out of the way and and and, but 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 it makes a nice a nice seal Um, mineral oil for sure don't use vegetable oil i had a lady call and thought i said vegetable oil and uh, she had a big sticky gooey mess but mineral oil is very lightweight it's what uh, back in the old, old days, and I barely remember this when I was a little kid, uh, if you had GI tummy tr- problems like constipation kind of thing, the, the little kids would have to take a uh, cod liver oil or mineral oil. They'd take a tablespoon of it to kind of loosen up their GI system. And 
Uh, and that's that's the oil I'm talking about. It's available, as I say, drugstores and and grocery stores. 719-473-1240. If you have any comments or questions on the stuff we talk about here on the air, just give us a, uh, a call, and we'd love to kick things around with you. And as I say, live email at aroundthehouse.com. So whatever's on your mind, we would love to uh, kick it around uh, for you. Uh, with you, rather, uh, on the program here. Let's see, what do we got here? What do we got? What do we got? Paul, I have a fireplace in the basement. We seldom use it. We like to cap it off to keep the birds in the, in the wind out. Should we use a metal cap with screen or a solid metal cap that keeps out everything? If, um, if, you're, if you're sure you'll never use it as long as you're in that house, Paul, I'd cap it off with a permanent steel cap. Uh, that will keep the, the flu and the chimney all warmer uh so it'll be like a big that the flue pipe will be a giant dead air space um if you're uh if you're ambivalent about whether you're ever going to use it again or not use the screen sides metal uh, flue cap that's a cap with an elevated side on it uh and it has screens in it and and uh that that way the smoke if you use the fireplace occasionally it'll let the smoke out but won't let the birds get into the into that uh, flu uh, so i'll leave it up to you but i it sounds like you should cap it off permanently it doesn't sound like you want to use it ever uh their basement i've got a basement fireplace that i've i don't think i've used since i moved into the house 16 17 years ago i just don't ever get down there there's, there's a fireplace up and a fireplace down i use the one in the living room all the time but not the one in the basement. So um, they were a good idea at the time, but uh, I don't think fireplaces are as big a part of our lives now as they were uh, years ago. Uh, as far as keeping the wind out of your, you mentioned keeping the wind out of your fireplace, a good set of glass doors is a good idea. It's, it's decorative. It'll make the fireplace look prettier that way, but uh, that, that'll help keep the wind from blowing into your basement. But I guarantee you, if you use that solid permanent steel cap up top, that'll that'll really warm up the basement because there won't be any cold air, uh, won't be any warm air escaping up that flue pipe, and won't be any wind coming down. So you can get a fireplace company, the same company that you would get, like a Doctor Soot or one of those, to clean the fireplace, and they'll put the cap on for you. Okay, all right, seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. We'll take a break. Be right back right after this. Right here, as they used to say, on Around the House. I want to talk to you about the Above the Rest Garage Door Company. These are the folks that will come and tune up your garage door, make sure it's operating as it's supposed to, as it was engineered to do and designed to do, but mainly operating safely. And also so you don't get trapped at home uh, some morning when you can't get out of the house. You know, garage doors don't like the wintertime because the metal shrinks and things get tighter and, and stiffer and harder to operate. And your garage door likes to be tuned up once in a while. So if you sign up for the Premier Membership Program with Above the Rest, they'll come twice a year to your house and lubricate everything, tighten nuts and bolts and adjust the springs if needed. Make sure everything's operating as it was design they've been around above the rest for almost 30 years and they are specialties making sure your garage door is operating as it's supposed to give them a call get and this is a surprisingly inexpensive program i signed up for it myself i highly recommend the premier membership program at above the rest and i want you to call them at 719-499-0491 that's above the rest 719-499-0491 
Got a fix-it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Hey there. Welcome back 12 minutes before the hour. Rachel says um, her kids bought a house, a new house to them, an older home. One of the rooms downstairs had been the litter box room for the kitties. It was closed up. has a strong odor. Uh, in, in that room, what is the best course to make sure the pr- smell is permanently eliminated? Well, of course, opening that door and getting a fan, getting some air circulating will help. But you can get an ultraviolet light in, at night and, and kind of use that to pinpoint if there's any pee spots on the floor covering. I, did you say what kind of floor coverings you have here? I, I didn't see it. I don't know if it's carpet or whatever, but it's probably carpet. And you, if you can use that ultraviolet that that uh, ultraviolet light, um, black light, it'll it'll light up because the phosphorescence um, salts in urine and you can see where the problems are and um and if they're just a spot here and a spot there you can use one of the chemicals nature's miracles one i've used a lot of when i had had kitties at home uh oxyclean and those companies make pet odor eliminating uh, chemicals that you spray on let them sit there and then scrub a little bit you get the idea so try that yourself if it's just a spot here and a spot there uh if 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 there's spots everywhere if it, if there if they're just dozens of spots and they're all spread out you want to get a carpet cleaning company in there they specialize in this stuff they'll they'll flop the carpet back probably replace the pad and deodorize the back of the carpet that's where the smell is in that jute backing in the carpet now when when they make sure that their pad is inexpensive so don't let them keep the same pad throw it away and before they put everything back together uh, scrub that floor with a little uh, you can use a little bleach and water or vinegar and water or something and then put on the old kills or bullseye that we always talk about primers primer sealer on the concrete you say it's and you say downstairs I'm assuming I'm thinking this might be the basement uh, seal those spots away you'll see pea spots all around kind of that you know circular uh, t- uh, kind of a uh, you know brownish yellowish color. Uh, clean those with the uh, the bleach and water, vinegar and water, and then uh, let it dry and then put a couple coats of kills on there. Then put new pad back and the deodorized carpet and you'll be you'll be fine. Most of these carpet cleaning companies have these wonderful chemicals that they swear by that uh, will deodorize or uh, will break down those kitty odors and you'll be all set. But you can try it first yourself. Nature's Miracle worked nicely for me. You can buy it by the gallon. And it comes even with a little battery-operated spray spray gun that you can use. So hope that's helpful for you, Rachel. Yeah, kitty odors. You know, I like cats. I'm a more of a cat than a dog guy for sure. But when they get uh, in there obsessive about peeing anywhere but the litter box, it can be a major a major issue, can't it? So uh, good luck with that. Good luck to your kids anyway on that situation. Let's see here. What do we else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Um, oh, here's one uh, again. This is from Randy. It's beautiful timing for this time of year. I want to be, make my house more airtight. Well, who doesn't? Absolutely, yeah. I feel cold air near the windows, around the outlets and exterior walls, uh, and also we have two fireplaces that have an outdoor air intake. Can I block them them up because they let cold air in, and we rarely use the fire the fireplaces. Well, around the, around your outlets and switches on your exterior walls, you you can put those little foam pads. Just remove the switch or outlet plate and put a foam pad under there, and uh, and that will help seal those uh, away. And that's very very common. Um, 
listen, when it's really cold outside, it's going to feel colder near the windows no matter what you do so good cellular shades insulated drapes help it's just a perception thing of course the glass windows conduct heat uh you're you're feeling the conduction of heat out of your house uh, more readily than the wall surfaces do so you feel colder around the windows so good window coverings are a big deal especially on the north side of your uh, of your house uh, because perception becomes reality if you perceive you feel colder even though the average room temperature is okay then you're going to turn up your thermostat and you waste you waste energy um, so uh, you probably know this already but insulated drapes and especially cellular shades do a great uh, do do a really a nice job um, if you want to block up air intakes in your fireplaces check with your furnace company uh, they may ha- have a way to get combustion air from someplace else. Uh, if you, what we used to recommend to people before we had these fancy air intakes for our fireplaces, is uh, uh, to crack a window in the room where the fireplaces is to let some combustion air in from the outdoors, and that's still a pretty good idea with a wood burning fireplace. Uh, but the, I know what you mean. These air intakes uh, do let a lot of cold air whistle into your into your family room where those fire where the fireplace is you might want to invest in a set of glass doors uh when the fireplaces aren't being used the glass doors will help keep that cold air out but before you block up any air intakes check with your your furnace company and get their best advice because they'll have a recommendation maybe they can steal combustion air from some other part of the house Uh, we just don't like to block up needed air intakes without checking because uh, if you do block them up, you can uh, it can cause problems with um, um, with com- just air infiltration, uh, which is needed for your furnace, your water heater, your kitchen hood, your bathroom vent fans. They all use up air, and you got to replace that air somehow. And that's where combustion air intakes uh, take over. And so those are designed very specifically to keep you safe, to keep fumes out of the out of the house 719-473-1240 uh let's see here what do we got uh here okay here's a, a quickie uh, john says is it okay to vent the dryer inside the basement if you use a filter like a uh, like a stocking and the answer is no you never want uh, to vent the dryer inside the house you're wasting gobs of energy you're adding unwanted lint and moisture to the furnace water heater kind of thing the the dryer bottom line must vent to the great outdoors it's called an infinite space in thermodynamics and that's the most efficient way to dry your clothes that includes crawl spaces some people vent their dryer into the garage and uh, no 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 or into a, a bucket full of water that's was was a scheme that was a uh, popular back uh, in the 70s and 80s, and we're trying to save energy wherever we could. No, 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 no. Vir- dryer must vent outside, especially since most of us dry with electricity, which is the most expensive energy source. Some some of you are lucky enough to have gas dryers until the government outlaws them. That <laughs> If they can go after gas stoves, they'll probably go after your gas dryer uh, also. So uh, while they still allow us to have gas dryers, I'm, uh, that's that's a great way to dry clothes because it's it's so inexpensive. Aaron says, I want to paint the concrete walls in my basement. Do I need to prime the walls first, or should I go all the way, just glue on some drywall? Concrete is like a sponge. It's very, very porous, full of holes and cracks and so on. 
it's best to prime the walls and seal them first. Again, here we go with kills or bullseye primer. We've talked about it several times today. Uh, it's a shellac-based material. It used to come in an, uh, in a shellac base. You'd have to, uh, I think, the was it alcohol was the solvent for that? Anyway, kills now comes in a water-based material, and so is the bullseye one, two, three primer. And so uh, that's the stuff to use to put a couple coats on to seal those concrete walls, uh, and then you can paint your basement whatever color you want. But seal them first with a primer, a couple of uh, couple of coats of primer. Let it dry for at least 24 hours, and then a good semi-gloss interior latex paint. If you want to go all the way and finish the rooms, do not glue drywall right onto the concrete. Even if the walls look flat now, um, it won't look flat after the drywall is glued onto the under the concrete because then you'll paint it and you'll see all the waviness and variations in the concrete foundation walls so don't do that uh it's better just to paint them or go all the way and put a two by four wall and you can uh you can uh, hire a framing contractor you build a two by four wall on the floor like a ladder kind of idea and then tip it upright uh and then level it and plumb it up and so on and then Put some insulation bats in between and then your drywall. That's the way to go uh, because that, that way you're going to have a finished room that will look like a finished room and not just some, you know, goofy-looking drywall that's all wavy and and uh, and warped and so on. From So don't glue drywall onto concrete. Never, ever, ever. So you start with the paint. If you like that, it brightens up the basement. You might like that. That might be a good way for the family to enjoy the basement. But if you're going to put the walls up, do it right. You want to use a floating wall, which I don't have time to describe here, but it's a way to isolate the the walls on the basement from the structure of the house. We talked about that last week, and we can talk about it more next time. But we're out of time. We're down to the end of the program here. So... I will say adios and Chris Moyer, Matt McKinley in the control room. Thanks for helping today. Remember, the podcast will be available within a couple hours after we go off the air at the AroundTheHouse.com website. So God bless. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time, same time, same station, right here on KRDO AM and FM and K2 and Casper. We'll see you next time right here on Around the House.